This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Good morning. I'm Jane Pauley, and this is Sunday Morning. In our consumer-driven world, we all reach out for a little help from time to time with a banking issue, a product problem, or perhaps some sort of computer glitch. More often than not, we reach out by phone. And as most of us have experienced firsthand, the results can be discouraging, frustrating, or worse. Automated voice recordings, that droning music, the long wait times. And then, if you're lucky, you find a solution. If you're lucky. This morning, just in time for those holiday returns, David Pogue is looking at customer service and asking the question, is your call really that important? I spent over six hours on the phone trying to get this issue resolved. 20 minutes, she typed and typed and typed and typed, and, and then what I heard was a dial tone. Nothing's more exasperating than calling customer service, except maybe being customer service. It, it's frustrating for us, too, because we're on the other end, like, we're trying our best. <laughs> Coming up on Sunday morning, can artificial intelligence fix customer service? I'm sorry to hear that you had a bad experience. What can I do to help you today? Lee Cowan this morning has a Sunday profile of Oscar-winning actor and director Jodie Foster, who's taking on a challenging new role. This is Ennis. Some questions just don't have answers. Jodie Foster is back to chasing villains, not the serial killer kind. 
but the demons within, a script she couldn't resist. It's very rare that that happens, that you read a script and you think, wow, this is just something that I want to spend the rest of my life doing. I felt that way about Silence of the Lambs, too. An actor who's had one of the longest careers in Hollywood, who rarely likes talking about it. Ahead on Sunday morning. Luke Burbank sits down with the very funny Taylor Tomlinson, now starring in her very own late-night TV show. Plus, Elizabeth Palmer with a Sunday journal from deep inside China. Humor from Jim Gaffigan and more on this first Sunday morning of 2024. And we'll be back in a moment. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. You dial the number, navigate the recorded instructions, and if you're lucky, there's a person, a real person on the other end of the line. If you're lucky. But more often than not, you don't get the action you'd hoped for. So is your call important to them? Really? David Pogue looks at customer service, its frustrations, and its future. A call may be recorded or monitored. Want to know how I spent my Tuesday? Trying to report some fraudulent credit card charges. I'm calling Global Commercial Card. Hi. Yes, I'm trying to report some fake charges on my credit card. I'll connect you with our fraud team. I see. Thanks so much for your business. Okay. Customer service is a real problem in this country. Just ask literally anyone. So I've got a tale for your customer service story. And that said, we're sorry. We don't have anybody right now to answer your call. Please call back AT&T another AT&T had me on the phone for six hours. The airline gave me the runaround via email. It kept saying it couldn't find our flight. Says, lady, the technician is standing two feet in front of me and he has the unit in his hand. So why is customer service so bad? First of all, labor shortage. Especially since the pandemic, it's hard to find people who want the call center jobs. The average call center worker quits after about 18 months. Second, consolidation. All those corporate mergers of airlines and banks and telecom companies and cable companies. Now there's not as much competition, so there's less incentive to fix the problems. So what happens? You get a lot of unhappy customers or worse. Needless to say, I did not stay with Verizon Wireless. So I filed a complaint with the Public Service Commission. Now I'm the proud owner of a new website where I plan to detail the rotten customer service. And so to this day, I have upstairs in my guest room a 4K DirecTV box that that drops out every four minutes and it's hooked up to a TV that isn't 4K. Now this isn't about money. 
It's about human decency. Well, if it's any consolation, there is a group of people who may be even more frustrated by the customer service situation than you are. And that is the customer service agents. They call in, they see you as part of the organization that's imposing the issue rather than a human being. Believe it or not, I've had somebody curse me out completely. They can't see you, they're just over the phone. So they take advantage of that, of course. They call with their frustrations. Mm -hmm. uh, they don't understand the procedures. They have been told no multiple times. And sometimes that brushes off on me. I'm frustrated too. Um, I want to help you out. I stand up. I'm like, I feel like I'm going to get in a state where I'm sweating. Would you ever say to a caller, I need to put you on hold for a second, when you really don't, but you just need a break? Of course. Of course. <laughs> Dominique Raymond, Kayla Zuniga, Janiris Ortiz, and Calvin Echevarria work in customer support for health companies and patient advocacy nonprofits in Orlando. Well, right now, I don't even see that you're registered, so there's nothing to resubmit. I have read that turnover in call center work is more than double the average of other jobs. I think it's hard. They're not necessarily looking for a resolution. They're looking to vent. Yep. So, yeah, that can be kind of difficult and taxing. Okay, give me just a second. Let me pull Customer up. service is not easy. It's not meant for everyone. My pleasure. Bye-bye. So, if the job can be so hard, why do they do it? There's also a lot of redeeming qualities. It's very mentally stimulating because every day is a new challenge or new experience. Mm -hmm. The beauty of it is honestly, to me, is to help help out there it it brings me joy sometimes I cry with the patient I'm so excited to actually help someone out no cable company customer call center employee has ever <laughs> cried with me <laughs> thank you for holding and so for years that's how things have stood two frustrated armies of people on opposite ends of the line each frustrated by a dysfunctional underfunded system and then this happened my name is Grace. I'm a virtual front desk agent. What can I help you with today? Um, I, I left a bag at the gate. Can you describe the item? It's a nine-foot Steinway grand piano. I have good news for you. We were able to locate an item matching that description. Welcome to the new age of artificial customer service. Artificial intelligence, that is. You can adjust these personality sliders. How much empathy should the bot show? How much should it respond to your emotion? Nico Benitez is a co-founder of Gridspace, creators of an AI phone rep called Grace. My name is Grace. At this moment, more than 100 hospital chains, airlines, phone companies, and banks use Grace to take customer calls. It doesn't sound like you're talking to a robot. You hear the ums and uhs and uh, all the imperfections that, uh, that indicate that someone is listening. Anthony Scuderi is another Gridspace co-founder. And so if you have a system that feels like it's listening to you and doesn't make you restate yourself, it's much less frustrating as a user interface. How does Grace make life easier for the humans at the call center? Well, that's a really hard job. And it's, you know, it's just people yelling at you all day. And so one way Grace can help is by being kind of a bit of a blast shield. By, you know, first someone calls in, they state their intent, they complain. The bot tries their best to help them, and then the person can kind of come in as the hero. I mean, that's in general how automation really helps people, which is it enables people to do the stuff that people are best at, 
But then for the other 90% of calls where people are calling in with password reset, password reset, password reset, or whatever, uh, Grace can just deal with that. Gridspace set up a fake airline 800 number so I could witness firsthand how Grace hands you off to a human when the problem requires creativity. Thanks for calling CPS Airlines. Um, I have a service animal. Can I bring my service animal? Yes, you are allowed um, to bring your service animal on board. Okay, it, it is a tiger. Is that okay? I'm sorry, but I um, don't have any information about bringing a tiger as a service animal. I'd be happy to transfer you to an agent. So common sense is not her strong suit. If there's no policy about tigers, she's not going to invent one. Unrestrained AI acting as a representative of your company can get you in a lot of trouble. And so we would rather err on the side of being real by the book, real literal. Meanwhile, Grace offers another benefit to us puny humans, much less sitting on hold. She's answering millions of phone calls simultaneously. Yeah, picks up right away, even if it's a machine. A fascinating concept, but not everyone is sure that AI is the answer. It seems like you lose that connection, that ability to make that good first impression and to connect with the patient right off the bat. So it seems impersonal. I, I love the fact that we could actually be, we're, they're live agents. You can't do that with an AI. Take that, Grace. <laughs> Plenty of companies are working on AI customer support systems like Grace. But until they become widespread and reliable, most of the people answering your calls will still be people. We get them at their worst, but then right. also at times when you can pivot and recover that situation, then get them at their best and their most grateful. They'll write your name down and say, hey, like, I want to let your supervisor know that you helped me. And even though I started yelling at you from the beginning, it was not your fault. You assisted me and you never hung up on me. So you forgive them their anger? Yep. So no need to forgive. There's no, no forgiving. Forgive. I don't take that personal. No. You just needed somebody to listen to. <laughs> you as well. Happy holidays. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's a region of China that was off-limits during the pandemic. But Western Xinjiang province, origin of the Silk Road, the ancient gateway for trade to the Middle East, is again open for tourism and raising questions. Elizabeth Palmer takes us for a visit. 
Xinjiang, on China's western frontier, is being marketed these days by the state, both for its beauty and its business opportunities. This tour was arranged by the Chinese government's information office. It rented the buses, it set the itinerary, and it also provided the translators and the staff that has accompanied us every step of the way. They showed us everything from agricultural machinery to ancient ruins to e-sales of local plums on TikTok. What we didn't see was evidence of these, the detention centers and prisons that turned Xinjiang into an international scandal. I am Tomaras Yalkun, daughter of Yalkun Rosi, the renowned Uyghur literary critic, writer, and educator. My father has been forcibly disappeared since 2016 and is suffering in the Chinese prison. Human rights groups say that starting in 2014, up to a million Muslim Uyghur people were rounded up in Xinjiang and imprisoned. Those who could escaped, and thousands settled in the United States. Detention facilities. Babur Ilchi is with the Uyghur Human Rights Project in Washington. What is it about the Uyghur people that threatens the Chinese Communist Party? Ethnically, we're not Chinese, we're, we're not Han Chinese. We're separate from the majority of China. The Chinese government perceived us as a potential threat to their complete supremacy over China. Meanwhile, the government has been investing heavily in Xinjiang. For example, its multi-billion dollar high-speed train. Everywhere, we saw evidence of the eye-watering money China's spending on infrastructure and tourist development. The message? Forget human rights abuses, take in the sights. Zhu Bin, one of our translators, is Han Chinese. He grew up in Xinjiang and wanted to tell us how proud he is of the area he's always called home. I hope uh, you could change some of the ideas or change some of the impressions which has been spread by some Western medias about Xinjiang. He's talking about those Uyghur detention centers that, at first, the Chinese government denied existed. But after they showed up in satellite pictures, it said they'd all been closed in 2019. The official with us wouldn't go on camera, but did confirm we had driven by one, which he said wasn't worth pointing out because it was shut down. Instead, we saw ethnic dancing, local wine production, and a village remodeled and beautified especially for tourists. But there was no chance to speak casually with the people who lived there, and of private Uyghur life, we caught only passing glimpses. There was one official nod to China's crackdown on the Uyghurs, the extremist museum in Xinjiang's capital, Urumqi. Gruesome exhibits recall attacks by Uyghur extremists going back to the 1990s. In one, says the guide, 1,700 people were injured and 300 stores were burned. The message is China's government had no choice but to come down hard. The Chinese government, as you well know, uh, will say, listen, we had some very serious terrorist attacks and we just responded. If your response to... Um, acts of violence or perceived acts of terrorism are to round up an entire ethnic group into mass concentration camps, then you have gone beyond your 
ability to defend yourself. At night in Urumqi, we did see some heavy security presence. But overall, with facial recognition cameras everywhere, the policing and the atmosphere were relaxed. The very fact of this tour shows China's government believes it has brought the Uyghurs to heal. Everything that we've seen on this tour and everything that we haven't underscores China's determination to rebrand Xinjiang. So it's no longer notorious for gross human rights violations against the Uyghurs, but rather famous as a tourist attraction. The traditions of Islam were once everywhere in Xinjiang. Religion was a pillar of Uyghur community life. And so were conservative customs. Veils for women, beards for men. Not anymore. The law now discourages overt religious expression, even dress, in public. Meanwhile, majority Han Chinese influence is officially encouraged. The ancient capital Kashgar is now Kashi, its Chinese Mandarin name. In the Xinjiang bazaars, Uyghurs have been Disneyfied. Even the sacred Idka Mosque sells tickets to tourists. In Urumqi's bazaar, we found Uyghur Imamu Maimeti Siddiqui, who told us he'd been in a re-education camp for seven months. His crime? Being overly religious. I wouldn't even let my wife work, he said. And now he responds with the party line. I learned I'd been breaking Chinese law and reformed. But with surveillance cameras watching and our official guides very nearby, how free was he to speak? We'll never know. It's showtime in Nazarbag Village Kindergarten for local Uyghur kids. Officially, the Chinese government promotes bilingual education for them. But this is Mandarin. And so are those books back there on the shelves. The Chinese government wants the world to believe its draconian crackdown was a good thing for stability, security, and for the Uyghurs themselves. If the Uyghurs disagree, they're not saying, least of all to us. And as far as China's concerned, that is mission accomplished. Welcome to Xinjiang 2.0. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. for the last year now, and it has been the most relaxing year of my entire life. It has been lovely, waking up every day going, oh, no one's gonna make me cry today but me. 
She's hit all the benchmarks for success in comedy at a pace that's no joke. Sold out tours, Netflix specials, and now her own late night show. Luke Burbank is talking with Taylor Tomlinson, just for laughs. Okay, so this is stage 30. That's where we're gonna be. It's Taylor Tomlinson's first day on the Paramount lot, and the set for her new late night show, After Midnight, is well, non-existent. That, that's where your show's gonna be happening. Yeah, that's, I'm telling you, nothing's done yet. Like, I- I thought that's where they were storing chairs. I'm telling you, like, it's, everyone's like asking me, I'm like, I don't know yet, we're working on it. And Tomlinson, as the host of that new late night show premiering next week, the one that has yet to start taping, a show that will follow none other than Stephen Colbert himself on CBS, she's still figuring things out. Allegedly, we can fit through this, but we're going to find okay. out together. Uh, you're good over oh, here. Oh, wow. All right. Look hey. at that. Wouldn't nice. it be great if I just totaled <laughs> this golf cart like before I even started working here? At this point, not even a golf cart mishap could derail Tomlinson's fast and furious career. My career is going very well right now. Yeah, that, that's like in the middle. So I think we just need to pick which angle we want. She spent December editing her third Netflix special, Have It All, which is due out next month. Nobody gets to have it all. And then I saw Hugh Jackman in person. <laughs> and I was like, oh no, I guess you could have it all, but there's none left because God gave it all to Hugh. But if watching the 30-year-old on stage or screen makes it seem like her career success was a foregone conclusion, to hear Taylor Tomlinson tell it, it wasn't. I grew up super sheltered and very Christian, so I didn't even really know what stand-up was until like middle school. Tomlinson is a self-professed introvert who first got started with stand-up comedy at, of all places, her church. All my jokes have always been really rooted in my real life. When I first started, obviously I was very clean. I was 16 years old, very sheltered. Like, I mean, I hadn't dated, I hadn't had sex. Like I hadn't done much of anything. And so I think the jokes I was doing were probably A, pretty observational and B, um, very self-deprecating, probably to like a point where it might have been a little sad, actually. I know that my friends both envy and pity me simultaneously, just like I envy and pity them. I know my friends look at me and go, yeah, I'd probably focus on work if I was all alone. And I'm like, yeah, I'd probably have a bunch of kids if I had no talent. So we're all- This special is different because it's me acknowledging the fact that I, I am a successful comedian, which felt sort of hard to say for a while. Not that anyone made me feel that way, I just felt that way in my own heart. Tomlinson lost her mother to cancer at the age of eight and says as a teen, she used stand-up as an outlet for writing, performing, and eventually working through her grief. I started writing jokes about losing my mom when I was much younger, but they were very like hit or miss as far as how often they would work because I was doing them, you know, like on sunset Friday night and everybody's like, we're kind of here trying to get laid. Um, can I say that? Oops. I want to just give that version of you a little side hug. I know. Those jokes eventually found their way into her second Netflix special, Look At You. I know dead mom jokes make people uncomfortable. 
I know that. And if you are uncomfortable, I don't know what to say. You should have worked harder, so it was you up here. Few work as hard as Tomlinson does or reveal as much in their comedy as she did when she shared a difficult diagnosis on stage. I'm so glad I know that I'm bipolar now. I mean, I have the right meds. I got a mood ring. I'm handling it. (laughs) But when I first found out, it was a very tough pill to swallow, and I've swallowed a lot of pills. Because when you first find out something like that, you're like, oh, man, am I going to tell anybody? Should I tell anybody? And if I do tell people, am I hot and or talented enough to be an inspiration? All joking aside, her openness was an inspiration to many, as has been her directness about how helpful therapy has been in her life. I really want to find out if I'm my therapist's favorite client. You can't just ask. They won't tell you. I've tried. Tomlinson's new show, After Midnight, will feature herself and other comics riffing on the latest updates from a little place called The Internet. She's hoping it's television's equivalent of comfort food. There will be memes, emojis, laughs, murder. What? No, no, there's no murder. Who put murder in here? We will get that fixed before we air. No murder. I I don't know. Murder's pretty hot right now. So what is it that you think will be the biggest learning curve for you about this new gig after midnight? Honestly, the, the thing I'm most nervous about, and this is sort of a lame uncool answer. I am naturally very introverted and it's something I've worked on a lot over the years. The thing I'm most nervous about is like the social aspect of it and how many people I'm going to be interacting with and and like being on in that way Mm. because that is a, a skill that doesn't come to me naturally. But again, I feel like I'm in a place now where it is something that I am better at and want to continue to keep getting better at. Um, But it is the thing I'm most nervous about, weirdly enough. But something that does seem to come to Tomlinson naturally, and that's served her both on stage and off, is finding the humor in some of life's most difficult situations. If I can write a joke about something that was sad or hard or uncomfortable for me, it sort of neutralizes that event and makes me go, oh, that was a joke. That's a joke now. That's not like a bad thing that happened. That's a joke. Like I got, it makes me feel like I got something out of it that I know you can't like hold a joke in your hands, but it has the same feeling because you can put it in a special or on a late night set or even if it's just a clip on Instagram. I'm so grateful that I have an outlet like stand up to do that with. But you should go to therapy too. An introvert who goes on stage in front of thousands, a once sheltered kid who's now flying high in public without a net. Taylor Tomlinson might not have it all just yet. Oh, it moved! But she seems well on her way. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Fail Better, David Duchovny's new podcast with Lemonada Media. 
on Fail Better. David, who has experienced both low and high-profile failures throughout his life, explores the vast world of failure, how it holds us back, propels us forward, and ultimately shapes our lives. Each week, he'll chat with guests like Ben Stiller, Bette Midler, and more about how our perceived failures have actually been our biggest catalysts for growth, revelation, and even healing. Through these conversations, he hopes listeners can learn how to embrace the opportunity of failure and fail better together. Fail Better is out now wherever you get your podcasts. That expires in one week. You're not real FBI, are you? I'm still in training at the academy. Jack Crawford sent a trainee to me. Yes, I'm a student. I'm here to learn from you. Maybe you can decide for yourself whether or not I'm qualified enough to do that. It's Sunday morning on CBS, and here again is Jane Pauley. She's been in the spotlight since she was a child, and she's in the spotlight tonight on CBS. Jodie Foster is among those nominated for a Golden Globe Award. Lee Cowan has our Sunday profile. I had my time, and it's not my time necessarily anymore. It's my time to support other people. <laughs> and I have something to contribute because I have experience and I have wisdom, but I don't have to play the same role that I played when I was in my 20s. That is the wisdom that actor Jodie Foster found when she entered into her 60s a kind of professional epiphany that she blames on Mother Nature. I think it might be a chemical thing that happens to you when you're older where you just kind of relax. That's really saying something, since she started her career at the age of three. You don't have to worry about me. Just take good care of yourself. And don't catch any cold or anything. With nearly 100 credits to her name and two Oscars, she says she's always had a frustrating on-again, off-again love affair with acting. Sometimes I go through years where I just don't want to act for a while. Uh, I don't find anything. I'll read a perfectly good script about a perfectly good thing that I should be interested in, and I just don't care. For most of the last decade, Foster was focused on her marriage to Alexandra Hedison and raising her two teenage boys. But then, two roles came around that have her now back in front of the camera again. Some people come to Alaska to escape. Get away from something. <laughs> You don't even think of me. And she says she's prouder of them than almost anything she's done. If you die, I want to be the last person you see. But don't die. But if you do, I'll be right there with you. She's already earned Golden Globe and Critics' Choice nominations for her role in the Netflix original. There's no one more Nyad than you. Nyad, where she plays Bonnie Stoll, friend and coach to swimmer Diana Nyad played by Annette Benning. What were you thinking, you pathetic? Hey, 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 no, 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 no. Stupid, stupid. None of that, none of that. Don't beat yourself up, you're doing great. I think it was much more challenging for Annette. I spent a lot of time on the side of the boat sucking in my stomach. That's pretty much what I did <laughs> in my jogger bra. I'm not working with you again, ever. You think I want to work with you? I do, actually, yeah. Then, after a five-year wait, there's the highly anticipated fourth season of HBO's True Detective, out next Sunday. My job is to keep everyone safe. Night Country is just as spooky and supernatural as the first True Detective, but this time it's set in the frigid polar winter nights 
of Alaska. Was it as cold as it looked up there when you were shooting? It was probably colder than it looked. Um, There are moments where it's really hard to speak. Uh, It's so cold that your mouth kind of talks like that. Stop around! This is a crime scene! Aren't you pretending like you know what you're doing? Foster plays Detective Liz Danvers, who's confronting a certain darkness of her own. No, you're not gonna blame her on me. And I wasn't even here. You know who was here? You. I didn't think that I would come back at this level or I didn't think that I would come back to acting as often as I have now. Many thought acting was just her destiny. After all, Hollywood has always been home. Every LA kid loves growing up in LA. True. That's their reference. Did you? I loved it. She lived with her mom and three siblings, just a mile from what was then a very gritty walk of fame. You were talking about Hollywood Boulevard yeah. and how oh, it's yeah. very different than <laughs> it is now. Yes, we weren't allowed to go there. She said that if we, she ever found us on Hollywood Boulevard that we shouldn't come home. <laughs> Foster's mom, Brandy Foster, got her into acting and, as her early manager, kept her in it, she says, in a gentle but firm way. She's asked me about a thousand times, you know, do you want to be an actress? And I could have always said no, but I don't. It's fun. You said you were kind of forced into it, I guess isn't really the right word, yeah. but you didn't choose it. No, I didn't, I didn't choose it. But at some point you chose to keep doing it. Keep yes. Doing. I knew that, um, that there was sort of an unsaid thing, that you, know, you accept these parameters or you can always stop. You can always say no. That was always an option. It was always an option, but it's a little bit of like, you know, here, you can have this dog food or you can starve. You know, <laughs> there's, there's a little bit of that. <laughs> Despite being the youngest child, There was always a maturity about her, an old soul in a young frame. And this is me, born in Mountview Hospital 13 years ago, give or take a month. Female, blonde, natural, of course. I'm like such an awkward adolescent at Freaky Friday, (laughs) like lots of pimples and kind of chubby and greasy hair and all that. Gross. I I wish wish I could switch places with her for for just just one day. day. She proved she could convincingly play characters wise beyond her age even her own mother. Those are kind of my home movies. What's your name? Easy. Well, that's not any kind of name. It's easy to remember. Yeah, but what's your real name? I don't like my real name. She was already a veteran actor at the tender age of 12, when she was cast as an underage prostitute in Taxi Driver. Why do you want me to go back to my parents? I mean, they hate me. Why do you think I split in the first place? There ain't nothing there. I didn't really understand what building a character was until I did Tax Driver. If there was an ambivalence about her career, she says, it was rarely about the work. It was about the celebrity that came with it. You said that you were, you've said it a bunch of times, actually, I think that you're an introvert and an extrovert's yeah. job. Is that still the case, you think? Definitely true. Yeah, yeah I'm... an introvert. I've never been okay with being a public figure. It's not something that's ever felt okay to me or felt um, healthy. She was in college at Yale when an obsessed fan, John Hinckley Jr., said he attempted to assassinate Ronald Reagan to get Foster's attention. Last fall, I received several pieces of unsolicited correspondence signed John W. Hinckley or JWH, and I threw them all away. She was dragged into history through no fault of her own. Foster then endured years of speculation about her private life, about her sons, about her sexuality, all of which she kept from the tabloids. 
much to their dismay. I tried to be as authentic as I possibly could, and I had to protect my own psyche from the publicness. I just had to figure out how to dig a trench around me and to survive intact. And some of that meant being more isolated. Is that trench still there? Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. And the roles she's generally taken, she says, seem to be characters who also have something to work on. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? Lambs. I were screaming. There's always been an intensity or a vulnerability that have marked so many of her roles. I thought, I thought if I could save just one, but he was so heavy. When she played a rape survivor in The Accused, she made us all uncomfortable, and rightly so. I have not seen The Accused in, I don't know, 25 years. I don't think I wanted to revisit it, actually. And he pushed me down on the pinball machine, and he ripped my shirt. He lifted my skirt. He pulled down my underpants really, really hard. I can only do one thing at once. I'm not a multitasker. So I'm a focuser, and if you're a focuser, you do, you do get obsessed with things. I think every movie I make, I get obsessed with. Swim, no swim, you are a force. No matter. So whether she's pretending to be in the Florida Straits or straight out frozen in the Arctic Circle. Those men died before they froze. What the f Get out of here, now. At 61. Jodie Foster now says she's reached a point of acknowledgement in her life. Yes, she's a little obsessed, and yes, she's an introvert, and yes... Yes, yes, I am crazy. But for one of the first times in her long professional life, Jodie Foster is finally feeling a little more free. I think I have managed to survive, and survive intact, and um, that was no small feat. And look at me! I survived! <laughs> At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a car. It's the two-door coupe that was there for your first drive. The hatchback that took you cross-country and back. And the minivan that tackles the weekly carpool. For the cars you couldn't live without, trust Amica Auto Insurance. Amica. Empathy is our best policy. Every day is a great day when you're not worrying about your appliances and home systems. And that's what you get with an American Home Shield warranty. With American Home Shield, you can protect your home and wallet from unexpected breakdowns like leaky faucets or faulty water heaters or wonky thermostats. Now that's something to celebrate. When it comes to protecting your appliances and home systems, don't worry, be warranty. For 20% off plans, Go to ahs.com slash Wondery. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. The holidays are behind us. Good reason, says our Jim Gaffigan, to celebrate. Well, I made it. I survived the holidays with my family. My families. 
all those weirdos that I'm somehow related to. Let's just say, if God is the producer of the holiday season, he tends to lean into drama. I am truly grateful that I can spend time with these goofballs, but the amount of crisis and tension I encounter during the holiday season often makes me feel like I'm involuntarily participating in a reality show. The entire holiday season seems like a series of rotating reality show experiences. In early November, I always envisioned Thanksgiving being like the Great British Bake Off, with everyone being supportive and polite. Your sponges are actually really good. What? But often what transpires is more reminiscent of kitchen nightmares. That is well done. What about this? It's well done. Or even nailed it. Oh, I don't mean to laugh, but what is happening? December has all those holiday work parties, which seem to bring out behavior from coworkers more commonly found on Jersey Shore or The Masked Singer. Heck, even getting to holiday destinations often has a heavy, amazing race vibe. The it's gonna take gonna another be. hour. Okay, well, okay, well then take this out and let's just go. If you go on a trip with your family during the holidays, you subject yourself to a whole other set of reality show comparisons. I took my family on a beach vacation, which at times felt like a never-ending Survivor episode, where unfortunately nobody was voted off. Travis Buckley. I'm just grateful it didn't get to the point of naked and afraid. Where else would you like me to clean my bum? The holiday season officially ends with New Year's Eve, which for some reason turns normal adults into participants on Love Island. I guess any time with family can turn into a Real Housewives episode. You will know. Never. Everybody will know. my husband. You will know. He understand that. But around the holidays, you really wish Andy Cohen was there to keep the peace. Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you for listening. Please join us when our trumpet sounds again next Sunday morning. If you like CBS Sunday Morning with Jane Polly, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at wondery.com survey. Get one of the most successful broadcasts in television history on your schedule with the 60 Minutes Podcast. Hard-hitting investigative reports, news, and culture maker interviews, and in-depth profiles are waiting for you in every episode. Listen to 60 Minutes ad-free on Wondery Plus. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. 
Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.